This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now, part two of my insightful, inspiring, and illuminating conversation with the Courtney Act. Enjoy. This next project that I'm working on, which I I, I feel like I, when you're like, oh, this is like a, a secret idea that I'm working on and pitching to TV people at the moment, but I may as well talk about it. Yeah. Is this this idea of like Courtney Act on a television interview show, but I'm talking to like, focus on sport. Speaking to like national sports stars, probably like not Ian in the US, Thorpe. but he's a gay. Oh, right. Um, but like in the UK, like footballers. Mm-hmm. Um, like Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> Cristiano. Oh, Cristian. I thought you said something right? else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the soccer player. I thought you said Cristiano Ronaldo and I thought it was like a. <laughs> yeah, Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, like people whose names we don't know because they're big sports stars and we don't know who they are. Okay. David Beckham. No, oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not. I mean, ultimately, yes. Yeah, yeah, I'm the yeah. OG metrosexual. Totally. Yeah. In that voice. Uh huh. Hi, how are you? <laughs> like, that's a real, that's yeah. a gag to the patriarchy. Yeah. That's a real That's why like, they don't let him speak. No shit, because he yeah. sounds like a fucking 12 year old girl. Kate Moss, they don't let her speak. Not what, for that she reason. Like that? No, because she oh. would say things like, nothing tastes as good as skinny feels. Oh. And but yeah, but I mean, David Beckham's voice, the quality yeah, yeah, of his yeah. voice is, yeah. is shockingly. Yeah. Um, Soprano? Yeah. Not soprano, but... um, Mezzo-soprano. <laughs> Contralto. His, his songbird mezzo-soprano. Um, but anyway, then, sorry. even in that, right, we're now participating in the idea of there being something wrong or less than about that because we're like, about, lol, his like, bird-like fe- voice. Oh, right, because the ultimate humiliation is feminine. To be feminine. Yeah. Yeah. But I think like oh, some sort of, like a show where I... Uh, do like a cultural exchange with like sports stars. So I interview them on entry and on exit. And then in the middle, I go through some sort of like big brother-esque, like short control period where I'm like cohabitating with them for like maybe three days. And they're teaching me- Is this like a forced feminization type of thing? (laughs) It's a forced masculinization (laughs) thing for me. Oh, they teach you how to play football and you teach them how to wear heels? Uh, No, I'm not gonna teach them how to wear heels because I've I've did that. We did a pilot in Australia on Channel 10 called Courtney's Closet, where I put like- Yeah, that I know of. A straight man in drag. And there was something, there's just something about putting straight people in drag that felt like it's the closest that I have ever understood cultural appropriation where the the oppressor was putting on my identity as a costume yes. to sort of have, and even though it was respectful and even though I was doing it, it felt it's, a bit like- It's strange. Yeah. It's strange. So I thought like, like I've grown up with a complicated relationship to masculinity. I finally resolved the feminine and now I'm ready to embrace the masculine and, um, and, and like, 
I want to know how to be a man. Oh my God. I've pushed against it my whole life. Yeah. And now I've actually been finding like, like, Going to the gym and being Steroids. like, oh. she goes. I, I have fast track the three episode arc. You get on a cycle, the most aggressive uh, T of uh, testosterone. Knee. Yeah, huge cystic back knee. Road My voice rage. finally drops. Yeah. I'm like, good. My you're name's Courtney. Convicted, you're convicted, arraigned of like you know 17 murders because you're just killing people. But now yeah. we're playing into the stereotypes again. No, we're trying no, to no. disassemble the stereotypes. <laughs> you're you're just no. Yeah, I mean it would be it, it is fascinating because you know this kind of thing plays out a, a lot of times in the gay subculture yeah. with because and it's that super like literally roided out mm. everybody's on a cycle here in LA mm. um roided out over like hyper sexualized buff big hairy you know like virile yeah um but then also like a gutless bottom yeah and like you know like in um like a, a supercharged feminine like bomb receptive energy like yeah they're, they're doing both yeah they're doing like the most have you noticed that i've just been thinking about this that and i do think that drag race is responsible for the shifting of gay men's uh self-loathing when it comes mm. to femininity where gay men are more inclined to perform uh, like enact femininity these days and still be found sexy like there's this era of like straight muscle guys wearing like feminine it, yes thongs thongs um, and lacy things. lacy things it's probably just that they found a new way to show off more muscle but that, I, that part but there is a there is a, a embracing of the feminine even if just a whisper yes and it's definitely a far cry from like the the honcho you know handlebar yeah. mustache lumberjack yeah like you know i could kill you with my um, paul bunyan type yeah. of thing yeah but um you know but i i still find that like gay guys are less likely to root for other gay guys. Mm -hmm. They can root for drag queens. Mm. They will They will root for the girls or the dolls or whatever, but they won't, they're not like, I don't know. They're a tough crowd still. Yeah. You have, like, if we think about pop culture, we have like Sam Smith and Troy Sivan. Adam Lambert. Adam Lambert. But even Adam, I don't think the, his audience is predominantly like yeah. middle-aged straight women, I yeah. believe. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't. Like he's not supported by the queers. Jake Shears has been supported by the queers. Yes, but, but that was part of an ensemble yeah. most at the beginning. And that was very like, that was kind of B-52's energy-ish. Mm. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, God, I love this. But who's the, I do too. Like, what George, who would be the George Michael of today? I guess it, is it, is it Sam Smith? Are they kind of like the, they, to me, like Lil Nas X, <gasps> Sam Smith, right. Kim Petras, Troy Sivan. They're the four, the, the holy the four horse people the four- of the, <laughs> the queer apocalypse. The four whores people <laughs> of the queer apocalypse. They they certainly are harbingers yeah. to some to many. <laughs> so we, I, oh, yeah, I, I think Little Nas X is so devastatingly attractive. Mm. And the things that so he's done, attractive. and the the way we kind of went from like socially acceptable, let's play nice for the straight people to lap dancing the devil. Yeah. I'm going to tell you how many dicks I sucked this morning. Yeah. Like in this song. Yeah. It's pretty, it's, it's wonderfully unapologetically, um, 
gay. I mean, yeah. what's the competitive slut pop? That yeah, was her treat me like a slut, little dirty bitch. Dick. I love to yeah. fuck. Yeah. Throat goat. You should have seen Throat I, Goat. I've she heard... performed Throat Goat at the Sydney World Pride at the Rainbow Republic party. And in we always have sign language interpreters. There was like a big screen oh with God. a sign language interpreter and like Throat Goat oh, stop or whatever it, it is. And stop it's it. totally upstaged. Even Kim. for me, that I have to clutch my pearls a little bit because <laughs> yeah. it's like, I'm like, that is so vulgar. I know. It's so vulgar. It um, also, I also have a moment of like, we don't talk like that in front of the straight people. I know. It's like dinner. It's like, oh my God, you would never go to your friend's parents' house and talk about, you know, you never believe how much cum was coming out of my ass <laughs> yes. the other night. Like, ah. I saw Strange Loop, the musical on the West End. Mm. And it was like, and there will be butt fucking. And it was about like hot loads. And I was like, oh my God, this was on Broadway. This is in the West End. We don't talk like this in right. front of the straight people. Whatever happened to innuendo? Yeah. Double entendre. But I think that could be like my generational sensitivity about Absolutely. like, and I love that these people are unapologetic because the people for me who were the biggest inspirations in the 90s were the Spice Girls and Madonna and they were unapologetic. Madonna, I'd like to direct your attention to something that needs directing too. Yeah. <laughs> the song about eating pussy essentially, <laughs> but it's like, go down. <laughs> where it's warm inside. <laughs> and I think there's like where all life begins. Yeah. And if like, if you don't, if you're not paying attention, you're like, what is she talking about? And it's so like, it's such a bad song, but it's like, you know, it's just in, like nowadays it'd be like, I want to eat your pussy and slurp on your lips and yeah. like have you come in my mouth and I'm going to drown in your pussy juice and like all that stuff. Yeah. But um, yeah. Yeah. But I love that these, this new generation are unapologetically They're queer. They're doing it. Yeah, yeah. they really are. And I mean, successful. I guess, I guess drag is unapologetic as well. Uh, I don't think, I think it's getting quite apologetic, to yeah. be honest. You know, um, we have to, ever since the grooming allegations started and we have to be role models for children and we have to be like cutting ribbons at supermarket openings <laughs> and, you know. Well, it's weird because I've always done that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've done everything. <laughs> you've literally done everything. Well, it is, the, 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 I, it's, I've, I've been having this like just thought in the last week where I'm like, it, particularly in Australia and the UK, I'm like the one of the good ones. Like I will be on a news panel program or reading a book to children on you television. You could literally be a newscaster. Yeah. Like Weather Girl or like Diane Sawyer. Which to me is like um, not unapologetic. It's almost like, but I think it's more who I am. Like, I think just at my core, I'm like milky white beige, like. No, you're just, you're just, you're, sweet. um, you're fucking but, Christiane Amanpour. <laughs> you're like, tonight at 11. Like, that's, you, that's you, man. It's like, oh my God. But yeah, it's like this interesting thing where I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm allowed into these spaces to do these well, things. Well, because you're because so I'm, pretty. Maybe, and, but there's something like socially acceptable about who I am, which is, it then makes me angry that like other people, that I, yeah, yeah. well listen you know what i'm saying you're you're white you're gorgeous you're articulate you're educated you're um thank you, have, you thank you you, you have age-defying skin um you are beyonce it. yeah thank you <laughs> but so, but that's all gonna that yeah. will all come it's a to slippery a slippery slope yeah any day now yeah i'm just waiting like tiktok <laughs> i'm like I'm, I'm looking at instagram <laughs> waiting for it <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, 
I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you, I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So you've done every, pretty much every entertainment avenue you've gone down. You won the Dancing with the Stars. I didn't win. I lost that twice. You lost. Yeah, I lost the my original season and I lost all stars. Fucking well on it though. It was so fun. Was it hard? It was so hard. It, that's what me and Trixie were talking about that. It seems so difficult. You do five weeks of training with your dance partner. Goodbye. Before you've begun. No, but I think Sayonara. you would love this. You oh, love you physical. So. I love, love physical things up to a point. Yeah. You know, the rehearsals in heels, no You don't have to wear the heels all the time. But you know, what was really interesting is that uh, it was five weeks. I had nothing else in my schedule for the... 17 weeks of the show, basically. There okay. was one Mardi Gras performance. 17 Yeah, because it's like 12 weeks. weeks of the show on TV and five weeks of rehearsals. Oh, shit. And I have never been able to, like, dedicate myself right. to anything that, that, that long and intensely. And it was, like, from, I don't know, 10 till 4, we would rehearse, like, for six hours a day. My dance partner, Josh, was amazing. We mm. just, like, real. And one of the most important things I learned from that is that he was the leader and I had to follow. Yes. And building trust over that five weeks and then getting to the dance floor. And both of us, like, on the first performance we did, he he said that our, our performance monsters saw each other for the first time, mm. where we'd been rehearsing, but, like, now I was in drag and he was there and we were both like, ha! And, like, the look in each other's eyes and the connection, and he was like, oh, I can trust you. And I was like, oh, I can trust you. And then just to let go and be like led by this man through all of these dances was such a powerful lesson that like, I don't have to hold on with both hands constantly right. so tight, never slipping, not even for a minute. <laughs> let go, Courtney. Yeah, That's so- the, 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 um, the having that like um, unique, uh, uh, what do you call it? The- Focus like the one thing to focus on. Yeah. That does sound very yeah, so luxurious, attractive. Yeah, but the you didn't get injured. Um, maybe I left a little cracked a rib on the contemporary dance number, but it it healed well enough for me to continue. And my body was sore. I was in pain, but it was it was wonderful. Oof. It was really inspiring. And then the second season of All Stars was a much shorter 
time period. We shot that not in real time, but and how long do, when you do the numbers? Do you mm. do them? You run through them more than once, or just that's it? You you run through them once for the live show, and that's it. But you get like a camera blocking the day before, mm. a dress rehearsal, like oh, a, a run, and then the oh, that's good on the night. And also, oh god, it's like not like Drag Race where they just literally grease you up and throw you out onto the, the it's like what the fuck lube up that slippery side yeah 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 kick her down the hill yeah. see if she fall you know whatever oh my god um so would you would you what do you what would you do that you like what do you want to do that you haven't already done well i kind of i really would love to do i don't want to be on any more reality shows i would like to be on a show that like like of my own like this sort of like how to be a man kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. idea where I the get the green to, table. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the blue table, yeah, the yeah. binary, the purple table, the, um, yeah. where I get to like, um, I, I, my kink is like in my own small, now, why do you have to bring it back to kinky group, <laughs> like sexual grooming stuff? <laughs> <laughs> this is classic grooming. They, they, they throw in, we have a topic, you know, we're talking uh, about politics and then we talk about using sexualized language exactly. to desensitize you to That's, the idea yeah. of political reform. Exactly. And she's unlatching the door and she's, yeah. Unraveling gonna, it. Yeah. Well, thankfully you're not a minor. You're no, a full grown adult not. and we're allowed yeah. to have adult conversations as adults with each other. <sighs> I suppose you're right. And that's a thing. There's things that we wouldn't do in front of children that we would do when we're having a private conversation or a that's public conversation. That's the thing about this, the absurdity and I won't, this is the last thing I'm going to say about fucking grooming. Um, that I hate kids. Yeah. And most drag queens are either neutral or, or quite ornery yeah. towards them. Yeah. There's really no place for them. No. It's like you encounter them maybe once that you're sister's house or yeah. a family reunion or Ugh. on the sidewalk or whatever but that's about horrible it. horrible things i don't want to read to children i don't want to read to children i don't, I don't, read, to I don't read even want to read period <laughs> <laughs> i can't even finish this book that i have on my bedside like i don't it's crazy none of us wanted to read to children it was like rainbow family saying what would be cute is for our children to have somewhere to go Mrs. that was kasha davis reading like good night moon <laughs> yeah but it's like what is this it's about like sparking the joy of reading and creativity in children it's, oh please it's, it's about no but i mean that's like i think how it came about right is yeah. that we were like well we're clowns we're we're like uh, kids love sparkly stuff yeah. like let's read them a book and then it actually went well and parents were like oh we really love this because our yeah. kids really enjoy coming because you're colorful and you're excited yeah, yeah, yeah. and then somehow it got twisted into something that it wasn't <sighs> well i mean i remember when i was in fourth third or fourth grade very young we had to take the little kids out to the bus mm -hmm. and one one of the little kids asked me was like are you a boy or a girl and it shook me to my core mm -hmm. and i think that's why i do drag <laughs> I, have... I was like oh is this person really doesn't know because i was very androgynous yeah. And I was like, it was a very like disconcerting yeah. question. Did it feel like an attack, even though yes. clearly it was innocent? Yeah, oh yeah. It felt like a, um, like a, um, it felt confrontational. And, and almost like, oh, the jig is up. Like how? Yeah, did... Like, like, what are you? Yeah, yeah. Like, and I'm like, huh. which one of these two boxes are you supposed to be in? Because I can't tell which one. Yeah, and I think if had I been born twenty years later, I think I might you might be looking at a different shell mm -hmm. do you know what i mean hmm. um uh but in, in any case yeah that i mean oh god i don't know um yeah i i think i mean i think that question is so interesting i remember that like are you a boy or a girl why or? why so humiliating then yeah now of course the ultimate compliment, the ultimate compliment. <laughs> <laughs> if i get like you know 
if I don't get clocked, which of course. <laughs> Not a soul can clock. <laughs> Many souls can clock, yeah. Um, but that would be the ultimate compliment. Um, but I think it's because we've resolved our struggle with the gender spectrum or the gender binary or like the, the, the misogyny of uh, this patriarchal society. I, yeah, I mean, I don't think I, I every time I think I've got to, got it like wrapped up and resolved I something pops up and I'm like oh wow I yeah. am really fucking backwards I, I was uh, reading a little thing about um what's her name Judith Butler uh -huh. and I'm talking about Simone de Beauvoir and mm -hmm. how she thinks that you know sex has certain biological you know imperatives yeah. yeah but then gender is created or um chosen or you choose to be or one becomes a woman mm -hmm. and I was like yeah I mean of course and also like I just don't, I don't get why, like why the. Fixation? The violence. Oh yeah. That's the thing that yeah. is a, the really perplexing. Yeah. Like I can understand being confused. Mm -hmm. I can understand being like, like, huh, not understand. But then why the, I don't understand this. Therefore I want to like kill it well look at like, your, your responses in grade in grade four before you were aware of anything it was already so imbued in you yeah. that you had to conform to one or the other that when someone innocently asked are you a boy or a girl you felt attacked attacked and yeah. when you're under attack like when communication ends all you have left to do is fight and so when you've removed being able to have rational conversations from the table and the thing is, is that um, I heard um, Uval Noah Harahi talk about this um, in, a, in a talk where he said, like, historically, um, these people have the guns, right. men and power and, right. and a symbol of that. And they still do. So if we're if we're taking um, uh, discourse off the table and we polarized it where we're no longer able to talk, then all that's left is violence. It is so embarrassing that we still have war. Mm. It's like cult uh, globally, like, you know. Um, it's a, it's a moneymaker, but that's why I we have know, war. I know it is, but it's like the fact that we have all these resources and there's clearly enough to like to allocate oh, to everybody. Right. So like, I feel like in a few hundreds, thousand millennia, you know, the, the next version of whatever would be like, those earthlings, <laughs> yeah. they're real fucking dumb. Isn't it wild to think that like <sighs> there's enough for everybody? Oh, more than enough and that we could all live happily but we're like but we're not no no like, but that's where that's where i want to take it back to your vipassana oh yeah so my brother is big into meditation and he was talking about one of his teachers was saying that everybody has an idea about how to change the world mm. but nobody wants to change inside mm. and if everybody did that would be good yeah because we're not, not the, the world is not going to change no we're not going to it's not going to be a utopia overnight no. no no but we can change it in small incremental ways and for me vipassana it's a it's a form of meditation i heard about it on like a oprah soul series podcast super soul sunday. yeah super soul <laughs> sunday which was like too esoteric to be included in her tv show totally yeah and she was interviewing a woman called jenny phillips who made a documentary called the dharma brothers okay and it was about like a a prison in Alabama with like death row prisoners where they introduced a Vipassana, uh, Vipassana meditation insight, course. Insight meditation? What yeah. Is, around, uh, what is it? Seeing reality as it is, not as you want it I'm to be. I'm um, But Vipassana means to see things as they are, I think. Yes, you are right. Yeah. yeah so yeah, form of Buddhism. Buddhism. Anyways. So it's like 
it's like um, this meditation practice. It's like literally just a meditation practice that apparently the Buddha uh, said like this is like apparently like the Buddha was like, I'm not a god. Mm -hmm. He was essentially an atheist from what mm -hmm. I can gather. Yeah. And he was like, I just sat here under this Bodhi tree, which is, um, a, psych is a psychedelic tree, mind I you. I know. <laughs> and meditated until he was enlightened. Yeah. And this process of meditation was about observing your sensations, observing the present moment mm -hmm. and accepting your reality as it is, not as you want it to be. Yeah. So to do that, you essentially just sit cross-legged for an hour at a time for 11 hours a day for 10 days without talking without communicating as best as you can in noble silence and you focus on your breath for the first three days you're just feeling your breath come in and out of your nose and you're trying to observe it because your breath is happening right now mm. in this present moment it's always, always present unless yeah. you're dead in which yeah. case you don't need to meditate yeah because you've transcended to the next realm um <laughs> you're free <laughs> when did you go insane at what point day eight you are you serious? Uh-huh. Not day three, not no, day two. No, day eight. Day eight was when, so I, it was oh 2009, I think, um, my first one. Okay. And I had broken up with my boyfriend. I was heartbroken. I had a broken leg. I went to Canada, broke oh, wow. my leg at Gay Ski Week, oh, came wow. home and was like, well, I can't do anything. I may as well just go to the Blue Mountains and meditate. That, you know, that is a very... That's a very Courtney Act solution. <laughs> solution yeah, it's like other people tragedy. would maybe hole, hole up in a motel and drink themselves to death. <laughs> you would, okay. So, okay, so day eight. Day eight, I went back to my room. You get like a little like dorm. Well, it was I, I had a little private room because I had oh. a broken leg, which was lovely because usually the first timers have to be in a dorm. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. And I remember like, you don't have any books, you don't have any reading, you don't have any writing, you don't have anything to distract yourself. No and you're phone. just, no phone, you're just, you're meant to constantly try and be as present as you can, even when you're not meditating. So right. if you're walking, you're just thinking about walking. You're trying not to think, right. which at that time, I really thought like, I think therefore I am. Right. And what I came to understand through meditation was that there's something beyond my thinking mind. And it's the thing that is able to observe that. And it's not something that can be put into words because I don't know, does your, when you think, are you thinking in, language in like talking like you talking to yourself in your head sometimes because i i think i do i think mm -hmm. i'm like having a constant narrative yeah in i used my to head. talk out loud yeah when i was younger you know alone yeah i still do yeah and so i this is literally my theory i don't know whether this is someone can poke a hole in it but mm. language uh verbal communication is inherent in humans because all humans use language to talk but language itself is a construct because every language is different. Right. And I thought, oh, I'm talking to myself in like English in my head, but actually that feels like it would probably be quite limited. And I kind of had this aha moment where when I'm able to just observe my sensations on my body and like the present moment that maybe I transcend that thinking mind and there's something behind it. And Vipassana, sorry, am I going no, too down the well? No, I'm, okay. I'm loving it, I'm loving it. And Vipassana, um, there's this idea of um, the sensations on your body. People think that um, uh, what happens is you, you, you see someone that you don't like and then you have a reaction based on past conditioning. Mm -hmm. And then based on that reaction, a, um, a, a chemical reaction happens in your body. Like mm -hmm. you, get, you get hot, you get yeah. angry, you get tense, your face swells up. And based on your understanding of 
that sensation is how you then react. You're like, I hate that person. Right. And so Vipassana is about observing the sensation, observing the chemical reaction that occurs. And rather than reacting to it instantly based on past conditioning, mm -hmm. you just observe it. You observe the sensations like, oh, wow, I'm hot. My heart's beating. Okay. Rather than reacting and throwing something at their head, I can just breathe and observe it and realize that that was a transitionary state and that everything passes and that if you can remain the word that they use in vipassana is equanimous which equanimous. is such a it's not a word that i had heard and so like and the guy has an accent as well and he's like equanimity equanimity that, yeah. Yeah, they know that and i'm like i think i know what that means i'm like day eight i'm like oh i'm almost sure i know what he's talking about <laughs> Um, How would you define it? It's remaining balanced. I think. Balance, remaining, balance, remaining like, like, and you're in pain when you're sitting there, like the tenth hour of the day, and you're cross-legged. No fucking shit. Your back is killing no you. No shit. And you think, oh, I will. My my line that I would say to myself was, "Are you gonna die?" <laughs> and I was like, "No." And I'd be like, "Okay, we'll keep sitting here." And I was just like, Fuck. in intense pain. I was like, "I have to, I have to move. I have to move. Are you gonna die?" No, no. And so I'd go no R and R. <laughs> no, I'd go back to focusing on my breath. Um, and I remember like one session of my most recent one. I meditated. I sat completely still without moving a whisper for like ninety minutes in meditation, in intense pain. But like just things. Equanimity. That, yeah, equanimity. Just remaining equanimous to the pain, observing it, accepting your reality Fuck. as it is, not as you want it to be. Yeah, and I mean, because it's like they're just. There are just sensations. Yeah. yeah. And you're not going to die. No. You can or, just observe And if them. you do, you're, you're and dead. And you're dead. Easy. Too but easy. It, I think it's like, it's not for everyone either. And I understand that. I think meditation is for everybody. Mm. Or rather, rather, um, creating the ability to, um, to um, you know, create pauses between mm -hmm. things and reactions. reactions you yeah. know what I mean? Like, and um, widening the scope of observation of our thoughts and our actions. But that's for everybody. Yeah. Awareness. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Awareness. Yeah. And also like the the ability to sit still, yeah, unencumbered, un without entertainment, without Yeah. Mindless phone. You know, do you take the phone in with you in the bathroom? No. Uh on the toilet, yes. Really? I don't take it into the bedroom at nighttime. At like when I'm home at like ten o'clock, I'll plug my phone in in the other room. Yeah. And then Great. I don't look at it again until morning. And like, I don't pick it up and look at it in the morning. Yeah. That was a great thing that I implemented during lockdown, actually. Really? Yeah. yeah. That's, I mean, those kind of habits are crazy. But, so how many, 10, these are 10 day retreats. 10 day. How yeah. many have you done? Four or five. I think wow. I just did my fourth or fifth. Damn. And so while I was in there, I was being discussed in the national media. As the groomer. As the groomer by this conservative senator. Yeah, she's grooming. Grooming world peace, you <laughs> fucking bitches. <laughs> and then I get out and I have a text message from Wendy, my manager, saying, don't go on social media. They think you're until, kids. <laughs> until, you, until you talk to me kind of thing. And I was like, oh, my God, why? I, and I wrote back, hero or villain? Question mark. <laughs> Both. And then Mitch had sent me a, a message and had sent me the <laughs> video. And I sat there watching the video of the senator in, in, in the Senate discussing me. And I was like, I could not be in a better place to receive this. No shit. I, I watched this video and I remember feeling like the blood, like it almost felt like it rushed from my feet. Like the heat came from mm. my feet through my body. Like my, my, my chest got tight, like my neck got thick. Like it was all, like red and hot. But I was just sitting there like 
observing it. Like I was in peace and I was like, huh. And just like feeling all of the sensations of my body. And I think weirdly in that moment, because I didn't react to it, because I just experienced it uh, sort of fully. Yeah. It, it kind of like ended there yeah. in a weird way. Like I think that had I had all of this been happening, had I been in the real world participating in real time, yeah. I would have been going back and forth and reacting totally. and this and that. And I was just like, oh. <laughs> now you're finally able to accept that you're a pedo. <laughs> You know, oh God, no, I would like to distance myself <laughs> <Yeah>. from. <laughs> That's the soundbite we'll use. Yeah. As a national trinket yeah. who is discussed in the national media, I would that, like to distance so myself fierce, from. Like you get the you get the scandalous news delivered while you're literally like floating on a lotus flower yeah. in the you know, my God, hum. Yeah. Do you like chanting? I I I don't do all that. Mm. I just literally sit and breathe. And that's the other thing. I think like statues of buddha and all of this like i don't do any of that i don't mm. i don't believe in anything i'm an okay. atheist i don't believe in star signs mm. i don't believe in oh yeah <laughs> i that's a topic for another day horoscopes <laughs> god sometimes when i bring that like you can't bring that up it's like more in la nope what star sign are you i just say aquarius yeah and, the, and we'll leave it at that. And we'll leave it at that. <laughs> and they'll be like, oh, well, that's why you're yeah, yeah. oh, okay. Well, what's and your rising sign? Well, let's not talk about that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my um, God. But yeah, for me, meditation is simply about like breathing, observing, and uh, in a world where your brain is rushing around all the time, yeah, it's so yeah. lovely like once a day to like sit down, focus on the present moment. And the more that I do that, and the more consistently I do that, the more I'm pulled out of that sort of like toxic thinking world of like the either or and i'm able to just be present and like make choices from a non-reactive place um so we're gonna on that note we're gonna start wrapping up um uh so do, are you familiar with the infamous interviews of tyra banks and um beyonce where she was like uh, slosh of fears not tyra and naomi uh, tyra and tyra banks and beyonce oh, so tyra no, banks not. had a talk show yes 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 terrible she would do these puns where like she would make a pun of um so i was like uh, say on say uh -huh. like are you did you ever talk to dead people and then she'd be like slosh of fierce when was the last time you got a little tipsy unhinged unhinged <laughs> so i want to do um a couple of those for you okay um courtney fracked <laughs> would you ever purchase the mineral rights <laughs> Would you ever sell the mineral rights? Yes. Okay. Um, and then talk about it on an NPR podcast called Fresh Air. Yeah. Yes. Fresh Air? Courtney stacked. Um, how much money do you have in your bank account uh, right now? I thought you were going to talk about my physique. Well, that's Courtney racked. Oh. Um, how'd you get them pecs so perky? I had sex with a gentleman recently and uh, out of drag. And whilst we were in the throes of passion... He said, and I quote, nice chest. <laughs> and I was like, how the fuck did you see so deep into my soul and know exactly the words I needed to hear to validate my existence on this night? <laughs> uh, I thought I would, thought he was going to say nice tits, hon. Nice, <laughs> nice tits. You got a nice rack It's there. the equivalent of like nice tits. Well, you know what? That's the, that is the unifying thing. Men love breasts. Yeah. Men, gay men. Love, obsessed with men. pecs, straight men, everybody, everybody, these, it's just a thing. I, yeah. I don't think I thought about it that literally. I mean, they're tits. Do you think gay men love 
tits yes. because of their Mom's, life-giving qualities. And also, is it Edipin? <laughs> it's like, I don't know what it is, but it's a, the secondary sex characteristic, something in that it just carries over. It's a universal thing. Mm. I don't know. On that note. Drive me wild, but. You get small tits, you get big tits, whatever. Um, yeah, nice, nice chest. Nice chest. Yeah, somebody like, on Grinder complimented me on my pecs the other day, and I was like, wow. How did it feel? It felt, it felt really fucking good. <laughs> it felt like a man, finally. But it's, if you ever like one of, um, I mean, that's how simple gay men so are. So simple. Like you're a beanpole one day, you, you go on a cycle, you get it, write it out, and then you go to the gym six months and now people are paying attention to I it. I will admit that I did Google all of the steroids and the human growth hormones and the things. Yeah, yeah. And all of them lower your voice. And I was not willing to compromise my- Your my, songbird, my songbird vocal tones, my contralto. You don't want to do like a Roy Orbison cover um, pretty album? Woman Nobody. walking down the street. Blue pretty woman. I think it'd be great. It was like a, your baritone era. I mean, I feel like I've just got who? Oh, a drag queen in Sydney penetration message and was like, wow, this this is the best you've ever sounded. Like, are you choosing songs in more appropriate keys? And I was like, Actu- are you finally singing in your range? <laughs> I was like, no, I'm wearing in-ear monitors and I can hear myself for the first time. And I look at my singing in the last few years and I'm like, oh, it actually sounds good more often than not, as opposed to the prior 20 years. And so I'm like, I ain't going to go on no steroids now and ruin all, like have my voice break right. and start yodeling. Uh, but there's always auto-tune. Anyways, I love Listen, you. people, you know, give it up for the legend, Courtney Yak. She's the best, most wonderful, gorgeous woman that ever happened to be on Earth. You know what I love is that if this wasn't filmed, we would have still been sitting here having the same oh, conversation. Oh, yeah, yeah, just a little bit closer. Yeah. <laughs> I love you. Thank I you so you. much. Thank you for coming. And um, thank you for being the beautiful. And um, Thank you for being the bold and the beautiful. And thank you for having me in your gorgeous home. Oh, it's all right. Yeah, I yeah. love it. Yeah, happy dice. I got the AD tour earlier. It's stunning. Yeah. Yeah, all about 30 square feet of it. Uh, Yeah. Anyways. Okay, bye. Bye. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.